ESPN Radio. Sometimes you don't like the way things are laid out. And the easiest thing to do is look at it and say, well, I want it to change. But what happens when the change doesn't really change anything and is only going to end up ticking people off? I'm here to be a voice of reason to help you through all of it. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus. Uh, we're hanging out. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz, uh, getting you caught up on everything that's happened today. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And part of that includes something that it, it's it's our first fight. Amber and I have had our first uh it's our first, you know, knockdown, drag out. We see this completely different. She's never been more wrong in our entire friendship. And I've never been more right because mm, the NFL came in and decided that they were going to fix the sudden death rule by, by delaying sudden death. And that's me being, uh, you know, they say you're not supposed to set things up in a way that uh, influences opinion. But I think I just blew all of that, Amber. Here's, here's what they're doing. At the end of the game, uh, when everything's in a tie and we go to overtime, now instead of letting a coin toss decide who gets a ball first and then possibly having the game end both teams will be guaranteed in the playoffs only in the NFL both teams will be guaranteed to get a chance at an offensive possession so if you have been watching overtime the last few years and you remember that they do the coin toss and then you get the long explanation overtime can only end with a touchdown if only a field goal is scored then the other team will get the opportunity to put that we don't have to listen to any of that now it's going to be okay both teams get the ball and at that point, then we'll worry about what happens with the tie. So, Amber, 60 minutes isn't enough. Apparently, it's 60 minutes and one possession for each side before we then go to the same inevitable sudden death. I'm over it. I'm not over it by any means. <laughs> uh, I, I love the idea of trying to fix this problem. You see the tweet from Shefty right now on ESPN Plus, if you're watching, where he says, over the past decade, Teams that won the OT coin flip in the postseason were 10 and 2. That is the problem, Jason Fitz, that we are trying to fix. That essentially a coin toss decides postseason games. I don't like a coin toss deciding any game, period. I think that this is something that should be instituted in the regular season as well. But fine, I'll compromise. We get it in the postseason instead because NFL owners hate change. Remember. Is that a, comp- is that a compromise, though? Like, I mean, you're still getting what you want. Like, I mean, I mean, we're kind of getting what we want. Like, we're getting it a little bit. We're getting it part-time. I guess we're getting it when it matters most. And, of course, this comes on the heels of that Kansas City uh, Buffalo game that everybody remembers so well. And if you did forget the details of that one, remember those two teams traded uh, – they traded uh, kicks. In, this is the divisional playoff game, of course, between the Chiefs and the Bills. And they nodded the score at 36 each on a couple of field goals. The fourth quarter runs out. Everyone wants more of the game. But we only partially got more of the game, Jason. And this is the problem. We all wanted more. And the only more we got was from Kansas City because they won the toss and they scored a touchdown because that's what everybody does. They win the, to- they win the coin toss and then they win the game because that's how it works in the NFL. And that is in and of itself, is the problem. We all want more football. This is more football. And, yes, to your point, we might end up in that same scenario where we're tossing a coin and we're going to southern de- sudden death, but at least this way we will have gotten more football to get there and each team will have had some opportunity to possess the ball. 
She's Amber Wilson. I'm Jason Fitch. You can join the conversation on the Canty call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tell us what you think. But, Amber, I imagine this scenario. No need to Google this. Definitely fact. There were like 432 points scored in the last minute of that game that you're referencing. Mm -hmm. We'll just call that a fact. As we watched both teams melt down in the fourth quarter, it gave us one of the most incredible games any of us have ever witnessed. And the reason so many people felt robbed in the moment is because you know, the, the coin toss turned into one drive, turned into one touchdown, turned into the end of the game. There's only one game, way that that game ended without the other team touching the ball, and that was with the touchdown. The one unforgivable sin is what the Bills allowed to happen. Now, all I see is a world where two teams in the fourth quarter were giving up points. You and I could have suited up, thrown it, found each other open, and scored a touchdown. There was so little defense happening. It was electric. I loved it. Right. So knowing that, in this world, I still see Mahomes gets the ball, drives down, easy touchdown. The Bills get the ball. Suddenly, Josh Allen runs for 99.3 yards, touchdown. Boom. All of a sudden, we have a tie game in the same exact situation. Yeah, I, don't, and, and, I don't see the problem. Like, what's the problem? The, well, the problem is we're now going to sudden football. death. Like, we you, didn't fix anything. You set we, this up, Jason, by telling me that this is the greatest game any of us have ever witnessed. And then simultaneously, you're arguing that you want it to end. And I just do not understand why you ever want any of it to end. We don't want it to end. What's I, I, wrong with Josh Allen throwing a touchdown? I understand what you're saying. Fine. We might end up here either way. To end up here, though, we're going to get another Josh Allen touchdown. What would be so wrong with that? Well, there's nothing wrong with it, but let's not pretend we're fixing anything. At that point, in my mind, then at least let every possession be answered. Like that, that continue to go answer one for one on possessions, not the college football way. I don't want to give the ball at the 20 yard line and watch people walk in for touchdowns. But if you're telling me that every score will have the chance to be answered, I don't have a problem with that either. I'm just saying that if the issue is sudden death, then why are we just delaying delaying sudden death? You guys are all over the phone lines, by the way. Jeff in North Carolina, you have a suggestion here on overtime. What do you got? Thanks for calling the show. Yeah, thanks, Fitz. Love the show. Big fan of yours. Uh, like, I, I agree with both of you on a lot of matters. First of all, yes, pie sucks. Um, but with the regular season, you're not – now next year you're going to have a huge issue that's going to come down to seeding because this rule is only in the postseason and had it been in the regular season, now it's like I didn't get the first seed because of the postseason rule. I think we should, I think we should go back to everybody gets a chance to get the ball and you in overtime only you have to go for two points. In every other sport, every team gets an opportunity. You need to go for two points. That's going to make it more exciting, and it's going to limit the amount of opportunities for you to end that particular series in another tie, taking care of both arguments. Uh, I don't know, though. The one thing, Jeff, thanks for the call, man. The one thing I'd say is that analytics nerds tell me all the time, and that includes many of my close friends, by the way. I say that with love. They tell me all the time how much sense it makes because going for two has a better conversion rate than we think it does. Amber, I mean, I got... that doesn't fix it to me well the problem is and it's the same thing you suggested where hey just let them continue to score until one of them doesn't but the problem is you do need some sort of finality and I guess 
you need some sort of finality sooner rather than later. I mean, I don't quite understand the owner's position because I would have thought that the owners would have wanted us to watch three more hours of football uh, from their perspective because more dollars, more eyeballs, more beer sales in the stands. But I'm guessing the owners don't want football to turn into the problem that Major League Baseball has. And that's not going to fly with the younger generation, which the NFL is very popular with. And so you have to have some sort of finality to the game at some point. And even requiring that they go for two doesn't necessarily provide that. So I do think that's why they're saying, hey, we will help the situation statistically by allowing both teams the opportunity on offense, but then we're still going to go to the same old system where, yes, it's a bit unfair, but at least that way we have a way of ending the game. Well, uh, Chip in North Carolina, uh, they have written on my screen, Jason is wrong. Oh, explain yourself, good sir. Fitz, I'm gonna have to go with Amber on this one. Now, what I'll say is that it's never it's it's it could be sudden death if that's if that's what you did for the for the entirety of the game. When you have a coin toss at the beginning of the game, it only means one person is gonna have the ball first, and the other person will have the ball in the second half. So that's not sudden death. So a coin toss should not decide whether or not somebody uh, wins the game because you don't do that in the game anyway. But what I will say is it's football. So the thing that you've been doing in the first four quarters, keep doing it until somebody finishes the game. Why are we trying to come up with some kind of way to uh, to say that, hey, you know, we need to, we need to uh, make this shorter or sweeter. But she's, she's right on this one. It's, Sudden death, it can't be sudden death because you have a coin toss that decides whether or not somebody is going to have the ball first or second. Well, and we keep talking about money. The one thing I'd say quickly is that, frankly, all of this also, you can't let the games go on forever because there are broadcast partners that hold those windows so near and dear to their heart. Can you imagine if you've got a playoff game that's in uh, or you've got a regular season game that's in double overtime, triple overtime, that's gone all sorts of long, and all of a sudden now you're stepping on the afternoon window that a different broadcast partner holds like, whoo. That is all right. We're gonna let you guys take over. There are so many of you on the phone. We're gonna let you chime in and get it. Get your takes off your chest. Get them loaded up. Get them ready. Triple eight. Say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Did the NFL get it right with the new overtime rules? You'll take over the show and tell us next. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. It's ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz. You can also hang out with us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys are fired up, so the phone lines are stacked. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Did the NFL get it right with their new overtime rules? We're also on ESPN Plus. And Amber, quickly, I just, you know what, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man that's going to always be honest with the people. Having some issues, like I got a little, I got a little cell phone that the, is what they call in this, uh, this company a TVU. So it's the way that everything broadcasts to the ESPN Plus side. The battery is dying on the phone even when it's plugged in. It's been a bit of a nightmare. Apparently, I have now over-zoomed <laughs> on my face as I came running back to my seat. 
So uh, if you're watching on Plus and, and Jerry, uh, who's doing just a wonderful job of making sure that I look beautiful, I didn't give him a lot to work with on this one. Well, I'm not sure if I'm just getting nose hairs. I don't know what we're getting now. What's amazing is that Jerry tried to help you out before this segment started because he actually had just put up your name on Plus and not your picture for a minute there because he's probably back there scrambling to figure out how to frame you because you have zoomed in the camera so much. We are seeing your entire face, but it is a very intense shot of Jason Fitz. If anybody's interested, please tune in right now <laughs> on ESPN Plus. Do not miss your opportunity. Oh man, I with am this intimate so, shot of Jason Fitz. I'm gonna, pro- I'm, I'm, I'm gonna promise you, I'm gonna keep trying to get it right. That's all we can do. In the meantime, maybe the NFL can get the overtime rules right. You guys have chimed in. You've heard our thoughts on it a bunch. We want you to take over, Dale in Louisiana. Thanks for calling ESPN Radio and hanging out with us. What you got, man? What's your take? Hey, I'm going to piggyback on the previous caller a, a little bit. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind the coin toss, but it's not necessary. And the logic that the defense is getting paid to stop him fails because if that's the case, that was the case, flip, flip a coin the first quarter, uh, defense, uh, offense, uh, flip a coin the second quarter. If, if whoever scores, go third quarter, flip a coin fourth quarter. It's really unnecessary. Instead of Having the coin flip, go ahead and just let the team play it out. And you say, well, what about the time? Well, the NFL is, we all know the NFL is a billion-dollar industry. You have a, if time uh, is an issue, have the NFL, have an NFL channel, NFC East, an NFL channel, NFC South. Right. Well, but, but that, that would never, I mean, I'm going to cut you off there quickly. Don't, don't go away from me, though. One question. Dale, how, does, how are we supposed to decide who gets the ball first in overtime? Uh, the team that got the ball in, at the half uh, defers to the team uh, to the other team. So the team that got to, the team that didn't get the ball at halftime gets the ball during overtime. So the okay. team that loses the coin toss the in the coin beginning toss. of the game in the beginning of the game gets the ball in OT is essentially what you're suggesting. So a coin toss is still deciding who gets the ball first in overtime. I just want to make sure I'm clear here, Dale. I, Dale, I appreciate the call, Max. But but one thing, like broadcast partners are where the, the, the league makes so much of its money, right? Like, the league makes billions and billions of dollars by having ESPN, CBS, Fox, and everybody else broadcast the games. So they're not going to – there is zero chance that the NFL ever wants to have to deal with CBS being mad at a 4 p.m. game because of something that's happening on a Fox game at 1 p.m. That, that That's inevitable, and I hope I you're am, getting – I am so <laughs> distracted right now by all of our producers in the control room. They are just standing – Standing up, taking pictures of the screens in the control room because of how you're framed. And if you're not watching ESPN Plus, what you're missing out on is that now the guys at ESPN Plus have put up Jason Fitz's forehead <laughs> as your graphic, along with your Twitter ha- Twitter handle at Jason Fitz. So go ahead and oh give God, him a follow. This is be a nightmare. Jason oh. Fitz's forehead is making an appearance here on ESPN Plus. So it's it's quite distracting as we talk about this overtime rule. I think what we're learning here, Jason, is that there's no easy answer. But I have been surprised how many of our callers keep saying, just let them play, let them play it out. Because is it possible then that we do run into a situation like Major League Baseball runs into? And it's so funny because in that sport, we spend so much time talking about how they need to shorten games. And we've seen it where they've tried to, and and listen, now they've walked to that back a little bit here um, with this latest CBA, but where they had tried to prohibit all of the extra innings. 
And it's so strange that we would say that in Major League Baseball. Hey, we can't have the games that go on all night long. Nobody wants that. But then in the NFL, everyone's out here advocating for the game to just go on inevitably until we have a very, very fair solution to the game. The reality is that most sports cannot go on inevitably because, like you said, there's also moving components here like TV deals that come into this and other programming and things like that. So I do think you have to find a way to have some sort of conclusion to games. And there's just not a way to do that that's going to be satisfactory to everybody short of quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter until we actually get a winner. And that seems like an impossibility to me. Well, and I just keep thinking back to last year when I was watching a nine over, I think it was nine overtime college football game and everybody Mm -hmm. on campus was just standing by the TVs uh, sucked into it. So maybe, and and to that point, Rocco in Nevada, Rocco calling in. uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Jason Fitz's forehead and Amber Wilson here. So uh, uh, thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. What do you got? What's your take? Hey, man, uh, I just want to say a few things. So, um, first of all, I think we're going to see a lot of teams start to maybe defer if they win the overtime toss. Um, what's the point of playing offense first if you're going to obviously get another possession if they score? Um, just like college overtime, a lot of teams, if they win the toss, they're going to defer. And I don't think this rule is going to change because what is the sample size? We're not getting a ton of overtime NFL playoff games. Um, I think – if I can recall correctly, um, the last like huge one was obviously the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl, and then this uh, Bills Chiefs, and I think it took just one big game uh, to make a difference, and then obviously the uh, the Tom Brady uh, Patrick Mahomes game, and then second of all, uh, I think college overtime is the way to go. Um, I think it's really fair; it gives both teams an opportunity, and I get the problem uh, for the runtime of these games. Maybe um, I saw some on social media; it, could, it would be pretty crazy, but. Let's say uh, after after three overtimes, maybe they do like a field goal uh, penalty kickoff, kind of like soccer. Um, could be interesting. I doubt that would ever go into existence, but um, just an idea. It seems uh, they're not really really hitting hitting it right on with this one, and I think it's going to get changed, but probably not soon. People complain well, about penalty kicks too. They're wildly exciting, but people complain about them. Fits because at the end of the day, there's no easy way to end games if you're artificially ending a game. No different than hockey diehards complain about penalty shots, mm-hmm. right? Like, like if that's not the way people want the game to end until like. But the casuals love it. By the way, Chris on Twitter hit me up, said you guys keep talking about sudden death. You haven't acknowledged the toll it takes on O linemen. That's why sudden death is, has to be there. They can't last for five overtimes. I will only tell you from my limited sample size, the four or five people in my life that that first suggested to me that the NFL decide to play an entire additional quarter quarter were all offensive linemen. So. Uh, the only thing I can speak to are the, the the fat uglies that I know, and the fat uglies I know all support a full extra quarter. So uh, you guys don't seem to love any of this. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. We'll let you keep chiming in. Plus, how much is Aaron Rodgers to blame for the Packers' situation at wide receiver? We'll break it down next. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz's forehead on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. You guys are fired up, and uh, thankfully my forehead is off of ESPN+. Plus. These are the updates people really need. ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz hanging out with you. You can check us out on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and if you want to see way too much of a grown man's forehead there for a period, uh, you can check us out on ESPN+. Plus. But really, everybody's dialed in to the 888-SAY-ESPN. 
Canty call in line 1-888-729-3776 about the overtime rules. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers are switching. Save with Progressive. Save over 700 bucks on average. Call or click today. We'll get to Aaron Rodgers in just a second because there's some real conversations to be had about how they're going to build around Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. So we're actually going to talk about the football side of the Packers for once. But before we do that, you guys are so fired up. We want to let more of you chime in. Darren in Alabama, thanks for calling the show. We appreciate you. What do you got? Hi. Uh, so I do agree that the overtime rules have gone like the, the change is needed. However, it's still predicated on the coin flip. And the thing is we should eliminate the coin flip entirely and try to get the end of the fourth quarter. If it ends in a tie, it just carries over like the third going into the fourth. So you're saying whoever has the ball, so a team scores a a touchdown at the end of the fourth quarter, the other team's driving down to try and win near the end of the fourth quarter with a long field goal. Instead of going for the long field goal, they can hold off and just hold the ball into overtime? Well, that's what I would say. It would be more strategic in a way. And also take away the fact of the 13-second like debacle. I'm a Bills fan, so like this is bringing up some sore subjects right oh, now. I feel you, man. But uh, – yeah, like it would take away the whole debacle of the 13 seconds and yeah. whatnot. So I think that it would just like the whole strategic aspect of continuing it into the fourth quarter would be different. Well, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Amber, I think what's hard for me on that is I just have this concept, again, like the way my mind works. You think of every worst-case scenario from a rule change. The worst-case scenario there is that a team's bleeding down the – the other team, and they're just going and going and going, and then they decide, you know what, instead of trying this long field goal at the end of regulation, why don't we just run the football up the middle, let the clock run out, and we'll right. win this thing in overtime. Which results in less scoring, less football, essentially less offense, right, for right. the fan, which I don't think is at all what the NFL wants. I think that this is the opposite of that, where you're trying to give them more offense because at the end of the day, fans want to see people score points. So I don't think that accomplishes that goal. Uh, an interesting suggestion, though. And we keep referencing the Bills that caller was a Buffalo fan. That game is the one that is so lasting in our minds right now because it's the most recent example of this. But it actually wasn't the Bills who suggested this rule change. It was the Eagles and the Colts. And they didn't make it playoff specific. That's something that the owners ended up doing. They had recommended this rule change for the entire NFL season and the postseason. And apparently the owners were only willing to go as far as agreeing to just the postseason. Again, something I find a, lit, a little bit strange coming from the owner's perspective. I understand it, Jason Fitz, from the player's perspective, which you surprised me earlier. We were up against the clock, so I didn't want to get into it. But you had said that you'd spoken to O-linemen about this who liked the idea of more football, of an actual 15-minute extra quarter, essentially, to get the real result. And I was surprised by that because I thought players would want some sort of finality to the game because of the wear and tear on their own bodies. And we know players are obviously always trying to protect themselves and their bodies since that's their craft. I thought owners were going to be the ones that want a change that provides more football, more eyes on the TV for longer, and more food sales and beer sales in the stands. Uh, and it seems to be the opposite here, which that doesn't make sense to me. Well, there's sort of this lunch pail uh, mentality so to offensive linemen, too, where it's like, hey, let's just go out and win the game the way we're supposed to win the game. I wonder if 
you know, defensive linemen, for example, would feel the same. I don't, I don't know, you know, and thinking about the rotation and the extra players and, and already in a, a world where we have a 17th game, it certainly would be concerning if your team that has played two or three overtime games, if that turns into two or three extra quarters, how does that weigh down uh, on your body by the end of the year? There's not an easy answer. We'll let you keep chiming in, but also want to quickly uh, get over to Aaron Rodgers because with all of the conversation that's happening right now about Devontae Adams not being with the the Packers anymore. He's obviously a member of my beloved Raiders. You knew that Matt LaFleur was going to have to answer questions about that. And this is what he said at the NFL meetings about the team's decision to trade Devontae. Devontae, yeah, that was just, again, one of those things that those decisions are never easy to, to make. And unfortunately, it was one that, you know, we had to come to. I think a lot of it was driven by by Devontae. There's no sense in looking back on it. It's just we're moving forward. It's a lot to replace in terms of the production and, and the type of leader that he was for us. But again, it was just one of those those deals that you never want to make. But unfortunately, sometimes you have to to make. And moving forward, Amber, it's easier said than done when you're replacing somebody. As much as I think wide receivers become very replaceable by drafting. Replacing Devontae Adams when you're a team that has the pressure to win with Aaron Rodgers that the Packers do is not easy. I mean, you can't place, you can't replace Devontae Adams. You can try to fill the hole to some semblance, right? I mean, it's kind of what Kansas City is doing right now with Tyreek Hill, and they're trying to plug that hole a little bit, and they were able to do that a little bit, but you can't replace Tyreek Hill, and you can't replace Devontae Adams. You can't replace the best receivers in the league. It ain't going to happen. So you can try to ease the pain a little bit of their loss, and that's definitely what Green Bay needs to do here. Now, there's a couple different routes. You mentioned, of course, that Adams went to your Raiders, well, the Patriots have a pick from your Raiders, uh, the 22nd pick in this draft. They also have the 28th pick in this draft as well. And so they, of course, could use one of those picks on a wide receiver. This is a really deep draft in terms of the wide receiver position. So I would imagine that they're going to do that. We spent a lot of time, Jason Fitz, talking about how the front office there doesn't give Aaron Rodgers the weapons Apparently, they don't stay even when he does have the weapons. Uh, Maybe that has a little bit more to do with Aaron Rodgers than that front office. But now that front office can try to bring in new weapons for Aaron Rodgers through the draft. I'm just not sure that's enough because we're talking about an older quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And yes, he's still playing at an MVP caliber now. But how long is that going to last when you're in your late 30s? And so I think he needs more of a win now vet. And because of that, if I'm the Packers, I'm looking not just to draft a wide receiver, which I think you still do either way, but I'm I'm also looking to maybe bring in a veteran who's still out there. We don't know what's happening with OBJ. He's going to be expensive, obviously. He's still coming off of injury, though, so maybe that helps hamper that in terms of his price tag a little bit. They do have some space here from losing Adams. They have some scholarship. I think they have like $17 million this upcoming season in cap space. You could bring in a Jarvis Landry. Apparently, Landry all of a sudden wants to go back to the Browns. Imagine that. Now that Baker's hmm. not going to be the quarterback there, and it's going to be Watson. But there's still, still guys floating out here. I don't know what's happening with Julio Jones maybe bringing in one of those pieces in addition to drafting is the way to go yeah I feel like there's a need for some sort of a veteran presence and I believe that there are great wide receivers that will be available in the 20s that the wide receivers that could turn out to be very 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 good professionals does that mean that they'll be Devontae Adams in one year no like the Packers in three or four years might look around and say look at the great options we were able to draft because we didn't sign Devontae That, that that's fine but for right now if they're going to go that route to your point Amber I think they have to bring in somebody that can help those young guys adjust to what it's
it's like to play with Aaron Rodgers, what it's like to play with those expectations, what it's like to replace Devontae Adams. Like none of that is going to be easy. So uh, obviously something to keep an eye on as the owners continue to hang out and uh, have a little bit too much fun down there in Florida. In the meantime, how much fun will we be having in Canada during the NBA playoffs? Well, there are certain rules there that could impact the entire league. We'll tell you about them next. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. All right, let's get more callers involved. ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz. Did the NFL get it right with the new overtime rules? Rafiq in Delaware, what you got, man? Thanks for hang- hanging on with us. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, man, we got you. You're on air. What's up? All right, thanks for taking my call. The first thing I'm going to say is that the NFL totally got this wrong. Uh, first, I would like to keep them separate from the college rules where you're giving a participation trophy by letting each side possess the ball. So that's first. Secondly, I would just like to say that one way we could have fixed this, they just could have left it sudden death and you could have changed the way the fourth quarter ends. Here's what I'm proposing. They could have just allowed the team with the most yardage to possess the ball in overtime. This way, defense can try to stop the team from getting more yards than them if they currently have more yards heading into overtime. And this keeps the end of the fourth quarter somewhat interesting instead of just having teams kneel down on the ball. Uh, Rafiq, thanks for the call, man. That's I, I, don't, I can't even hate on that, Amber. That's a really good – Like, I, it's an interesting concept. It's an interesting concept. I, I don't know if then that becomes part of the game plan for teams. At the end of the game, I agree that you'll see less kneeling, obviously. So there could be that. But would you – I mean, would you still risk a fumble to get a couple more yards or a few more yards? You're still going to play real conservative because you're still going to be concerned about a change in possession there, I guess. Uh, I, you know, it's an interesting way. It seems like – the overarching component of these calls is that people want a way to get the coin toss out of it. That's what I'm taking away from a lot of these callers. And so they keep coming up with these innovative ways to try to take the coin toss out of it. And I really think that's why the NFL instituted this rule change to begin with is because the coin toss matters too much. And so we're all uh, uncomfortable with this idea that a coin toss is what's impacting the game so much. Uh, Amber, what's your favorite kind of pizza? Uh, that's a loaded question. We're, we're up against the clock here. They're saying one minute in my ear. I mean, you want me to... All right, I like a cheese pizza with some red pepper flakes on top, but sometimes I like some veggies on it as well. I like, you know, probably like a thin crispy now. I'm more of a thin kind of girl. Okay, see, I asked you that question very intentionally because I believe that if you got 32 people in the room and you said, all right, all we have to do today is decide what the best pizza is, you would have outrageous arguments from all sorts of people that see pizza all sorts of different ways and trying to get everybody to agree on one pizza is virtually impossible. The truth and is that's I've what, never met a pizza I don't like, Jason. Well, that, that is fair. You and me both. But I'm just saying that that's what the owners are trying to do when they fix overtime. You got 32 different people that all – and what, what hits me is every caller's had a different suggestion. How mm-hmm. do you take all of these suggestions and then say, you know what, we're going to find the one pizza that will make everybody happy. The answer to that question is always that one pizza doesn't actually exist. ESPN Radio. It's ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz hanging out. You can also check us out on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus. Amber, I've realized something in the last 30 seconds mm. as, you know, as we're hanging out. 
Uh, the NFL draft every year is one of the big events I love to host. It's one of my favorite things. And by the way, shameless plug for anybody that likes to watch digitally, I'll be hosting uh, again this year from Vegas for the first couple of days of the draft as we get ready for everything you need to know. Like, I love the draft. But I always find myself now getting in the best shape I possibly can before the draft. So I realize that I get into, like, super hard workout mode, super starve myself mode. It's all making sense because I feel like every time I've had the opportunity to bring a food item into our conversation today, like, I just took you to pizza before that, uh, the key lime pie. Like, I feel like I've taken you all over the food. Like, we're living through a buffet right now, and I realize that's on me. That's my you're thinking constantly about food and apparently all the foods that you're going to consume post-draft you do realize you're not being drafted right oh yeah 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 i know but like it's you know it's one of the big events of the year a lot of people watch it i like to look good you know i like to make sure that everything fits right you know all right I mean? so you're just trying to look a little trim i yeah, suppose a little vain i'm a little vain you know i'll be the first and, and you know uh, you're a thousand percent right that I'm not getting drafted, but you're also right that I eat everything. Like last year, the day after the draft, I went to Fleming's in West Hartford when we finished the last night of the draft, and I ordered one of every dessert off the menu, and I ate them all like oh, a boss. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh a, that's what a boss does. Yeah. Well, that's right. what, in my mind, that's what boss living's like. Uh, all right. So obviously, we'll get back to your calls in a little bit. Did the NFL get it right with the new overtime rule? But uh, if you think people are mad about the overtime rule, I I just need NBA fans to understand that you might find yourself in a full-on rage when we get to the NBA playoffs. And for once, it's not going to be because of LeBron and it's not going to be because of any of the the soap operas we've been talking about. It's going to be because one team that doesn't always find themselves in the, in the news is Toronto. But things are different in Canada. This is what Brian Windhorst said this morning on Get Up that's a good reminder for everybody about what's coming from the vaccine standpoint. Yeah, remember, there are there are more players in the league than just Kyrie Irving who are unvaccinated who would not be eligible to play in Toronto in the postseason. The Celtics had three players last night who, were, who played on Sunday but did not make the trip to Toronto. They were on the injury report. Our Tim Bontemps asked the Celtics, if this, if this was a playoff situation, would all your players be eligible to play in Toronto? And they said, no comment. <laughs> Jason Tatum is on the record as say, has having said he is vaccinated. These are just the things that we know. We don't know the other situation. Mm -hmm. Amber, you want to talk about thunder of the gods in the fire uh, that, that we can't imagine? If NBA fans realize that they're watching their favorite team play in Toronto and for these reasons, guys aren't going to be available, like that is a worst-case scenario for the NBA. No matter what anybody thinks about the entire process of how we got there, that's a nightmare for the league. It seems like, obviously, you heard Wendy say there that Jason Tatum is vaccinated, and it seems like Jalen Brown was out because of injury. Uh, we know the center, obviously, is out because of injury. Al Horford was the one, uh, in terms of those DNPs with the Celtics, that it was personal reasons. So could he then be the one who's not vaccinated? We have no idea. It's going to be left up to conjecture until we're actually in a situation where a team is facing the Raptors, and then all of a sudden, if the Raptors have home court, we're going to find out very quickly who is vaccinated and who is unvaccinated. And you're right. All we've thought about is the impact this whole time on Kyrie because he was being impacted by the rule – pertaining to his own home court. But there's a whole lot of rules in Canada that are going to affect potentially 
several players in the NBA who could be playing the Raptors in these playoffs, and there's nothing that can be done about it. There's nothing that's going to be done about it. I don't think Canada is going to look into changing their rule because they're concerned about opposing teams not having all of their players. Certainly, that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, This is not a situation like in New York City where the athletes playing in New York City were calling for the change. Everybody on the Raptors appears to not have a problem with this vaccine mandate, so I guess it's somewhat of a competitive advantage to the Raptors, certainly not why the rule is instituted or in place, but that's what it's resulted in and what it's going to probably result in in these playoffs. It's just the reality of where we are, but you're right. It is an underrated story here that nobody is talking about that it might just not be just the Nets. We had talked about it when it comes to the Nets, that Kyrie wouldn't be able to play up there if they found themselves in a play-in scenario with the Raptors, but this could apply to several teams in the NBA. Well, if the Raptors find themselves in the play-in with home court advantage, that becomes massive because one game makes a huge difference. But even if we're talking about best-of-seven series, while where they're sitting now, the chances that they're going to have a lot of home court advantage in Game 7 is pretty slim. If you're telling me that you've got a competitive series and there are certain games that players simply won't be available, like that's how are you going to constantly sort of explain that in the process of the NBA? Like, And again... I can't stress this loud enough. I don't think that a city, a state, or a country should be changing their legislation simply to appease a sports league or any particular athlete or any particular entertainer. Like, I don't think anybody should be turning around and saying, but guys, we really want to have this concert here, so we've got to change these rules. I don't think that we should be looking at these as as reasons for municipalities to change the way that they do business. But it becomes something that you have to be aware of as a league, and you better be in front of if you're the NBA because if you're the NBA you need to make sure that everybody involved in the playoff process from a player's standpoint is also aware of what those rules are and I'll use touring again as an example when you when you're touring Canada there are certain things that you know for example if you have a DUI in your background you can't go up and play a concert in Canada without going through a bunch of legalese and so a lot of times if you're on a tour what happens is your tour manager will come in and say hey we book shows in Canada so who needs paperwork what do you need to do remember these are the things you can't take into Canada this is the these are the rules like you have a whole meeting on touring in Canada the NBA needs to make sure they're doing that with every player right now that's not thinking about Canada but should be because it could impact their team Uh, The NBA has had a long time to figure this out. I'm guessing that the NBA (laughs) is fully aware that this is going to probably impact the postseason when it comes to the Raptors. And and frankly, Jason, I just don't know if we're at a place now in the pandemic this far in where anybody's going to be swayed by this. I I understand what you're saying in terms of just be prepared. Hey, you're not going to be available when your team's in Toronto. It's going to be a different – it's going to be different in terms of preparation. It's going to be different in terms of game plan. It's going to be different in terms of continuity through a seven game series but I don't think it's going to be different in terms of people getting vaccinated I guess that's my point like I don't think that players at this point who are unvaccinated are going to say you know what I'm going to go get vaccinated to circumvent this rule in Canada I mean the reality is that people have taken their positions and that this rule is in place assuming that this rule is still in place in a matter of weeks when the postseason starts there are players who are probably going to be affected by this rule and games will be affected by this rule depending who the those players are that's the reality of it 
Yeah, you're a thousand percent right. I don't think anything's changing anybody's position on any of this. So the the thing of it is, is are are people now going to be ready to answer the questions? That's the one thing that right now on a regular season game, you know, you can hear thinly veiled comments and people can sort of chuckle and say, well, we'll see when it's the playoffs and people are paying 10 times more attention. It will get more attention because of it. All right, we'll keep the NBA talk going. Should the Lakers look to move on from either LeBron or AD this offseason? We'll answer it next. ESPN Radio.